What's up, revelers and weirdos? Welcome to Scaring Sam, where sometimes I scare my fiance and sometimes she rolls her eyes in disgust. Because why? Why are we watching these stupid films when I could be watching a rom-com or a musical? Playing Mario Party. Stop playing Mario Party. Stop it. <laughs> I'm taking you back, Sam, for a magical mystery tour to 1996, the best year of my life. Ex- oh, except thanks. Except when I met you. Okay. Or the year I marry my beautiful sweetheart. Which is next year. Which is next year. Why are you whispering? I was just making sure that you remembered you it. <laughs> so, I'm taking you back to 1996, where you had The Rock in the cinema. You had Independence Day. You had Transformers Beast Wars on TV. And you had Walker's Tazos. Tazos. You don't remember Walker's Tazos? Um, don't research it. Why not? Do you remember them? No, I don't. So I want to see... Well, this was a time when people wanted plastic in their food. It was these tiny, circular little chips or bits of plastic. Okay, I think I... Oh, no, yeah, I do remember these. The Looney, things. The Looney Tune ones. Yeah. Yeah? The greatest film ever came out. Space Jam. <laughs> one of your favourites no it's one of the greatest films of all time Space Jam had the greatest soundtrack of all time although you can't sing I Believe I Can Fly Now at karaoke R. Kelly ruined that as well and this year I had my first celebrity crush tell me more I was nine yes Lola Bunny <laughs> Space Jam <laughs> oh dear which sounds weird now because in the new Space Jam film they've desexualized her and made her like as short and stumpy as um, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> she was she was voluptuous with long legs in that yeah, film. Yeah, she was. So maybe that's why I have um, a thing for long-legged women. Do I have long legs? You have nice legs. Oh. When you did that dance show and I was just looking at your legs while you was wearing that weird suit ensemble thing with no yeah. trousered bottoms. <laughs> Yeah, a leotard and a blazer. <laughs> yeah, I was just eye-banging my fiancé in the audience. And let's not forget that the Spice Girls released their debut album in 1996 as well. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> I was Sporty Spice. I was Scary Spice. Okay. Maybe next Halloween. Oh. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why I was Sporty Spice. I think I wanted to be Baby Spice. But there was too many people wanting to be Baby Spice. And my hair was not blonde enough. (laughs) And maybe loads of tracksuits were available in Chatham. Thanks. I was not a tracksuit wearer. Yeah, but you could just borrow it from someone. Right. I thought that this was the same year that Will Smith unleashed his big willy style upon the world but no that album came out 97 okay big willy style yes defined the generation will smith's big willy style defined defined like stop trying to make a joke that isn't a joke i'm not i've just got you are (laughs) i just my brain buffered and i can't help it i keep saying big willy style oh my god like to go to sleep now (laughs) but also this was the year that the frighteners came out yes and that is the film finally we've got to it 
that's the film we watched. Yes, directed by Peter Jackson, because before he did Lord of the Rings trilogy, before he did King Kong, before he did Beatles documentaries and, uh, 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 you know, the those Hobbit films nobody wants to talk about, he also did a bit of horror. He started off doing, like, Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, Brain Dead, which has a scene where a guy gets like a lawnmower and packs a whole room full of zombies to bits. It's very bloody. Oh. Yeah. And that guy went on to I mean, to that do... sounds quite efficient, an efficient way of um, mowing down some zombies. It's a bit messy, though. And then he moved on to that to You Shall Not Pass. Scandal. I want to watch that now. No, you got to watch Strictly, because we have to watch two hours of Strictly... Come dancing. I mean, I'd rather watch Lord of the Rings, but... Extended Cut, have you got that? Yeah. Have you? I've got all of them. Extended Cut? Yeah. Ooh, we should watch that then. Christmas time. But you want to watch all the MCU films in chronological order as well. When do we have all this time? Yeah, we've got to do podcasts as well at Christmas. (laughs) We've got a backlog. Backlog. And see lots of people. Because hopefully we'll be busy decorating in our new home in the new year. Fingers crossed. Everything is crossed. Frighteners. Frighteners, frighteners, frighteners. It stars Michael J. Fox. It stars, of course, horror legend Jeffrey Coombs. Sam doesn't know who that is. Dee Wallace. Jake Boosie. And it rolls around Michael J. Fox's Frank Bannister, who, after a tragic accident where his wife died in an alleged car accident, he gets to see dead people. Well, what does he do with these ghostly apparitions? Oh, he cons people with fake exorcisms until the Grim Reaper is killing people, slaying people down in his town, and he is the only one who reluctantly has to stop him. Does that that cover it, Sam? Definitely some twists and turns. And I'm just going to add straight, straight away, if you haven't seen this, go give it a watch. Because... It was quite enjoyable. Not scary, though. Not scary, but enjoyable. <laughs> I guess we have to watch a scary film next. Very scary film. There's no medium with you. It's like, oh, this is this is fine, this is enjoyable, or I'm terrified, I can't look at the screen. <laughs> I cannot sleep. So, one issue with this film. Yes, it's very good, it's very enjoyable. It's like a... I don't know, the first half, at least, is like this very zany Men in Black vibe. Kind of like an adult Casper. And then the second half takes this kind of darker tone. It's it's a mm. weird jarring shift in Dunek. This is We watched the director's cut as well. Mm-hmm. Should add that. So I don't know what the original theatric cut is like. But I've been told that this version has more Jeffrey Coombs. And more Jeffrey Coombs is always good. You haven't seen Reanimator? It's not no. scary, but it's good. Okay. I will take your word for it. Although it does have a scene where a woman is reluctantly given head by a decapitated head. What? Yeah, I'm really selling it, aren't I? Out of context. No, not really. Yeah, no, no. Hopefully you forget if we ever watch it. Anyway. Yes. Back to the Frighteners. Back to the Frighteners. One very unfortunate thing with the passing of time with this film is... (laughs) The CGI. Bad 96 CGI. Although, yeah. Independence Day 
Was that CGI? Because I'm starting to think that it was like miniatures they must have used because <laughs> it looks a lot better than in this film. Well, it just hasn't aged well, has it? And it's from the very start as well, unfortunately. It's not even just like the odd bit here and there. <laughs> oh. It's all of the... And yes, spoilers. Obviously, that's a given. Um, It's all of the bits where the being, ghost, whatever it is, is in the wall and the carpet. It's all of that bit that just looked crap. The original Nightmare on Elm Street, you had like Freddy pushing through the wall. Yeah. And that was practical. Yeah. And that's aged better than and, this. And I assumed from, because I just saw the um, the front cover of the, the DVD, I assumed we were getting some of that. No. We did, but not in a good way <laughs> I don't really know what to say it didn't age well um, I laughed at bits that I don't think I should have laughed at but also it was comedic well to put things into context the film starts with Dee Wallace's Patricia who we assume is being kept imprisoned by her eccentric mother in an old gothic house and she's been terrorised by a ghost who is then revealed to be the serial killer Johnny Bartlett, played by the always kooky, the always bug-eyed Jake <laughs> Boosie, takes after his father. So if you haven't seen this film, that's on you. So, yes, this Grim Reaper who's terrorising this small fishing town, I guess. It's a fishing town, right? There's docks, there's sea. There's sea, right? There's sea, there's hills. It's New Zealand. It's New, Ze <laughs> it's New Zealand, it's supposed to be America. But... I don't know, James. But also, I want to add, you're you're having a little dig at people not seeing this film. I'm not digging. This is just... my first time to see this, so. But people listening to this are horror fans, so it's like I'm giving spoilers to a film which is over twenty years old. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, still, yeah. if you haven't seen this, then that's fine. That's You've fine. You've still got yes. time. Yes, but spoilers now. There's no Grim Reaper in this town ha hacking people down. It is Johnny Bartlett. Back from the dead, killing people disguised as the Grim Reaper. And as I said, when you see him as the Grim Reaper slinking through town, squeezing people's hearts until they die, it's bad CGI. I just wanted to add that the hooded figure, it actually reminded me a bit like the um, the Nazgul... Ring wraiths. Yeah, um, from Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> I was like, this seems familiar. So like a prototype, maybe... Peter Jackson's got inspiration for their design from mm. this one. But they were real. That's people in costumes. And it looks better than this. 96 CGI people. Seriously. I keep saying, go back to the 80s and the horror films, and you've got all these makeup and practical effects designers like Bob Boutine, Rick Baker, Tom Zavini. All that stuff was on set in front of the camera. It looks better. It is aged better than this film. Frank Bannister, he was a bit of a dick architect, bit of a... He was. <laughs> just the way you said it. <laughs> just the look you gave me. This is Michael J. Fox as you've never seen him before. You know, Michael J. Fox, happy-go-lucky, every man, he's Mighty McFly, everyone's been Mighty McFly, everyone wants to travel around in DeLorean with the dock. And he was in Spin City, he's always the guy you like. In this film, he's not really likeable. Bit understandable. His wife died in a tragic accident, and now he's seeing dead people. 
Yeah, he's he's traumatised. He's traumatised, but he was a dick beforehand, so, you know, what came first? Chicken or the egg? This comes back, and I keep going on about it now. Well, mm, I ain't gone on about it forever, but I brought up in Midsummer. Ariasta believes all horror films are about grief. And that has credence here. The film is about, essentially, Frank Bannister learning to overcome death and live again. Almost literally, in a sense, in his film. Well, yeah, I get that, because obviously he's gone through a traumatic experience. That has obviously affected him, and he's conning people. With ghosts. <laughs> with ghosts. Yeah. But literally, it's a bit weird. He's but... literally surrounding himself with ghosts after his wife's death. Mm. And he has to defeat a murderous apparition who disguises himself as the Grim Reaper. He literally has to defeat death in this film to live again. Because he's even left his house. Because before all this happened, before after that accident, he was an architect. And he was building his house with his wife. And now that she's died, it's unfinished. Yeah. It's like he's stuck. Oh, yeah, I remember the um, there was this very prominent bit about the garden and how she wanted... A lovely garden, and he just concreted, and just yeah. concreted it all, and made a um, basketball. Basketball. <laughs> What's it called? Yeah, basketball. Yeah, whatever. Where somewhere you can play basketball. But I thought that was a nice touch because when the female protagonist Lucy mm-hmm. is exploring his unfinished house, and it's is literally like falling there's, apart. There's no roof. No. He's basically showering outside. But when she nothing works. There's no electricity. Yeah, and when he explores the house, when she when she explores the house, she discovers that the only thing that has been kept pristine and maintained is this now garden dedicated to his late wife. Yeah. And ever since that car accident, he has been driving recklessly, like he has a death wish. So now, literally, he drives like a maniac. He just doesn't give a shit. He don't give a shit about anything. He, does, he doesn't care about, about pleasing car, anyone. About the road, about people's gardens, and about random gnomes. <laughs> and then he goes to people's own funerals and handing out his business card. Because he's, like well, I say, he's, he has nothing to live for. He doesn't give a crap about what people think about him. To the point where, because he has a sixth sense and he sees this ghost killing people, he's always there at the scene of the crime, where people start to suspect that he's the killer. And he starts seeing his number on their forehead, just like Johnny Bartlett did when he killed his victims. Well, it's funny that you say this, James, because I caught on very early in the film and wrote down that the guy, he murdered 12 people, and then the first number we see was on Frank's wife's head, and it was number 13, carved on her forehead. We, we, didn't we just see a random person with like a random number, like 23 or something on their forehead or something? She was the first one. Yeah. Well, maybe they mentioned they had like a 13 carved on their head, like the police officer he's chummy with. They think Frank is the killer, so they bring Jeffrey Coombs' character, Milton, Onto the scene, who's this deranged FBI agent who has to deal with all the fruity cases. 
His words, not mine. Right. He spent years deep undercover. <laughs> Coverer. Coverer. <laughs> so, this Milton, that's his name, right? Yeah, Milton. Milton has spent years deep undercover in numerous coats and sets. <laughs> no, not sex. Sex with a T. No, I was laughing at the coats. Coats. Colts. Coats. It sounded like you said coats. Well, he's, he's been deep undercover on numerous coats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Milton is a little bit messed up, to say the least. I mean, he has endured tremendous physical and emotional pain. He was in... A, he was... A sex slave for the Manson family for six months. Three years amongst Satanists. All in service of his country. Because Jeffrey Coombs, in an interview, basically said he is... He's basically... A, he's a patriot. He's a patriot for his country to the extreme. To the point he's like got all these weird scars and stuff all over his torso. Because all these initiations into this cult to get in, he's had to endure all this weird, creepy... Sexual yeah, cult but stuff. wouldn't they see if if they've had to um, carve something into his skin or give him a tattoo or something? Wouldn't they see all these other things and question that? No, maybe they just sell it like, oh, so I used to be a satanist, and he'd be like, yeah, man, I'm really into this stuff. I don't know. And also, his eyes are permanently dilated because, you know, at some point he's probably had a ton of acid put into him. I think he has a dodgy haircut as well. Like, uh, there's a bit of a Hitler haircut. Mm. There's a bit of a dodgy haircut. Because I think he was in the midst of an undercover job before he was pulled out and assigned this job or something. That's not a normal haircut. My point is, Jeffrey Coombs is the best part of the film. Sorry, Michael J. Fox. <sighs> Sam agrees. Sam agrees no, with a yawn. I disagree. <laughs> Why? Seriously? Because I like Michael J. Fox. Everyone loves Michael J. Fox. He's Martin McFly. Yeah. But Jeffrey Coombs is Reanimator. He's Herbert West. Sounds like whoopee fucking do. Yep. Well, Jeffrey Coombs brings this twitchy, nervous wreck into this film, injects all this weird quirkiness. I love to say weird. Weird. Weirdness. And he can't be in the presence of emotional women without throwing up. He, he can't. No, I know. And he's like hiding behind the door, like peeking behind. Can't sit down long enough and... He, oh, he, yeah. He pulls out that... Donut. Yeah, like this inflatable donut to sit on because he has piles for... Whatever some, reason. Some reason. Something happened to, to get into one of these coats, I guess. Some... Bum stuff? What was I talking about? <laughs> the donut. The donut, which I believe was a wheelbarrow tyre. What do you mean tire. it was a wheelbarrow tyre? I think it's the inflatable insert of a wheelbarrow tile. Tire. Tire. No, you get donuts. Thought, inflatable I, I thought donuts. I heard it somewhere that. The prop or a cushion donut. Like the, like the, all these prop people were going out, like Peter Jackson told him, because this was improvised, this was added during filming, this one in the script. Oh. And he was like, find me something for his like, pile cushion. They came back with stuff and they were like, no, smaller, smaller. 
and then they came back with a tire iron as like the right size and then they spray painted it orange or something. Oh. Because he thought it was funny, like because he leans, he puts his hand into his inside pocket and you think he's going to pull out a gun and he pulls out his pile cushion. <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit random. <laughs> and this is, he comes in, what, halfway through and then the moment, oh, yawning. Oh, Sam is so tired. <laughs> I am. She's so tired of my shit, my <laughs> yes. bullshit. Horror films? I want to watch a musical. Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, or a Christmas film. This is a random last film we're discussing this year. When it's revealed that Patricia is Bartlett's accomplice. Yeah, I did not predict that. Did you think she was just the victim? Yeah, I genuinely did. So it did shock me a little bit. (laughs) Oh yeah, so it turns out that Patricia is just as crazy as Bartlett. When he went on his original murder spree... He was killing people. Um, no, not all of them. Oh, what, she took over? Yeah, she did do some. She had like a um, shotgun or something, I think, at one point. Yeah, so when the victims were killed, she was the one who carved the number into their forehead. And she carved the um, 13 number into um, Frank's wife's forehead. But obviously he has PTSD from that traumatic event, but he remembers he witnessed his wife being killed by Bartlett's ghost squeezing her heart in her chest. And then Patricia, she played a part in killing Frank's wife. This is around the time where, yeah, like I said, the film takes a darker turn. There's no longer any comedic ghost side kicks because turns out ghosts can be killed. Yeah. By other ghosts with a scythe. Well, at this point, we thought it was the Grim Reaper, didn't yeah, we? So we, feel, we think the Grim Reaver is, killing, is able to kill ghosts, but it's just Johnny Bartlett masquerading as the Grim Reaver, which I don't really understand in hindsight because he's dead. Living people can't see him. Only ghosts can see him and obviously people with the sixth sense. So why would he be masquerading as the Grim Reaver? Yeah, ghosts can die in The Frighteners. And now his comedic sidekicks are gone. And now you've got Frank and Lucy being hunted down by Patricia. I'm really having trouble saying Patricia for some reason. She's chasing, chasing them down, what, with a shotgun again? And they've been hunted down in a creepy abandoned hospital. And while this is playing out, Frank is getting these disturbing flashbacks of the day Bartlett and Patricia went on their killing spree. And just to add to this, that this is at the point in the film where it just kind of, it flips (laughs) on itself. Like, up to this point, we've had quite a kind of comedic, laid-back kind of... It's adult Casper, isn't it? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's changed and... Yeah, because earlier in the film, you had the likes of, like, the ghost, Doc, walking into some high... What are they called? Um, sarcophagus and starts humping the corpse of a mummy. Oh, which, yeah. which, that joke kind of did not age well. Especially when he says something like, oh, I like it, I like it when they're stiff and they don't move or something. So you have jokes like that in the first half and then... You get this bit, and it's just dark, dingy corridors, like the the kind of ones like urban explorers. It just explorers. went really creepy, didn't it? It's it's creepy. It's disturbing. Frank gets like brutally killed. Yep. Yeah, Frank dies in front of Lucy's eyes. And then he's sent up to heaven, and he's sent back down. And I don't know. They basically say it's not his time. Isn't that the bit whilst he's watching? 
Patricia and Johnny get taken into hell? Or do we just see that? He doesn't see that. Uh, I can't remember if he actually... Oh, yeah, because I think... Yeah, 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 because when he dies, his ghost comes out of his body and then the light comes down and mm. somehow he drags... Oh, yes, yeah. he drags... He um, holds on to them, doesn't he? He holds on to Patricia's soul and drags it out of her body. They don't explain why. That just no. sudden block convenience. And then Johnny chases after him. He arrives in heaven, there's his ghost companions, and then there's his wife. And like you said, she says, it's not your time, you get to live. Johnny and Patricia get taken to hell. And it's a really terrible looking hell tunnel? Kind of something out of Beetlejuice, but bad CGI. Again, practical effects, age better than this. Not good CGI. 96 CGI? No good. <laughs> okay, I, th- I think everyone understands we didn't like the CGI. But uh, I know, but it just doesn't age well. I'm sorry. They only they're working with technology watch which they had at the time. But then you had '93 Jurassic Park practical effects, a little bit of CGI, classic. Everyone yeah. loves Jurassic Park. Everyone loves dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. That's the reason those god awful. At best, mediocre Jurassic World no, films come out. don't be saying it. Whatever, someone loves Chris Pratt too much, I don't know. Sorry, but the CGI kind of takes you out of the film. What's his name? Frank Michael J. Fox comes back to life. And then at the end of the film, him and Lucy, I guess, are together. They're having a nice picnic on the hill. His house is finally being demolished. Another way of symbolising he's moving on. And Lucy reveals that she now has the The sixth sense. Yeah, the power. Because you get it through a traumatic experience. So I guess if you have a really big poo, you can get the sixth sense. Why did you go there? Because I've got toilet humour. I'm sorry, Sam, but it could be a traumatic experience for some people. have I let myself in for? Yeah, you got this for the rest of your life. Great! Yay! And then you see Jeffrey Coombs' ghost in the back of the police car because his head was blown off by Patricia. And that's the Frighteners. Oh, sorry. What did you think, Sam? I always spring that question on you and you're like, uh, what? No, I, I enjoyed it. You, you're not springing it upon me. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> um, I did enjoy it. I know I've already said about the CGI not being good, but... I did enjoy this film and I would recommend it to other people. It didn't scare me, um, but it's still a good watch. Other people seem to think so too, being a 71% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's quite alright. Kind of hard to... Oh my God. It's kind of hard to believe this is the same guy who gave us the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, but that was previous is like you've got to build up to things like that haven't you yeah boys you think about it it must have took years to make that trilogy so he must have started a couple years after filming the frighteners yeah and he obviously he wrote the script or co-wrote the scripts as well so he went from i know it's an adaptation as well but he went from frighteners brain dead meet the feebles all these ones to Lord of Rings. And yeah, there's horror elements in Lord of Rings, like we said, the Ring Wraiths. Mm. 
so you can kind of see that transition. But there's a stark difference. But that's okay. What did you think then? Are you talking to me or the audience? No, you. Oh, me. <laughs> I like it. Like I said, I love Jeffrey Coombs. I love Michael J. Fox. I love the comedy parts. And even though it's a bit jarring, like I said, I do like the darker elements in the second half of the film. I would recommend it. The director's cut, though, because that's what we watched. Hmm. Get some extra Jeffrey Coombs in there. So yeah, that was The Frighteners, and that was our last film we're covering in 2021. Next year, we'll have some um, wedding-themed horror films. Does such a thing exist? Yes, I want us to cover Ready or Not. Oh yeah, okay. And I want us to watch the lesser-known film, Honeymoon. For when we're on honeymoon but we record it in advance because obviously you don't do podcast stuff when we're away no no I do not and <laughs> fingers crossed we should be in our new home and possibly decorating quite a bit start of the year I thought you were going to say then that yeah we're going to watch horror films about people moving into new places Let's not do that when we move into our new house. No, yeah? we've done that. We've done that with podcast. So, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. 2021 done. We're wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Eat all of the yummy food. Enjoy yourselves. And see ya. See you in the new <laughs> year. Well, see ya. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye. And you can find us at Pod If you haven't already. On Twitter and Instagram. You can contact us, which no one ever does. No one ever does. <laughs> ScaringSandPod at gmail.com. Just in case. Oh, and we've been your hosts. <laughs> Have we? Have we? I don't know who I am. Who are you? <laughs> well, I've definitely been obliviated. I know one thing, though. This time next year... We'll be millionaires. Oh, wait. No, I was going to say, I get to call you my wife. Yes. And I guess you get to call me... Oh. <laughs> but, oh, ir- that one. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that irritating chip bag I have to live with now. <laughs> it makes me watch horror films. <laughs> I don't want to watch horror films. <laughs> well, you've been James... Um, you're Sam, I guess. Why is there a question mark? Because I've been obliviated. Right. Harry Potter stuff, I don't know. And this has been... What has this been? <laughs> this has been a chore, James. That's what <laughs> yes, it's been. it has. It really has. This one. This one's definitely been a chore I wanna to eat, record. I want to eat mince pies <sighs> and I want to roast dinner because it's Christmas. That's what I want, James. I don't want to do this. <laughs> How is he in my head? Anyway, you've been listening to Scaring Sam. Yes, and now we're going to watch. Oh, we watched The Witcher. We can watch The Witcher. We okay. can both check out Henry Cavill. But <laughs> and buy you a wig. Uh, but me in a strictly platonic way. Sam, not so much. <laughs> okay. And also, everyone, go and watch Spider-Man 
No Way Home. It's not a horror oh, yeah. film, so I can't talk about it. it. It's good. It's good. It's very good. We loved it. Sam cried. Yeah, there was definitely some some tears happening. We had a really good um, co-audience, though, all whooping and. It has been the most Avengers Endgame style. Like. Yes, the most <laughs> the most responsive audience since Avengers Endgame, and we're British. We're British. We have stiff upper lip licks. Do we? We have stiff upper lips. We don't respond in excitable ways at the cinema, so mm. it must be good. So go I'm and not see it. Sure about that, but okay. Yes, yes. What? 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 Ho! Goodbye. See you in the new year. <laughs> he does not normally talk like that. Anyway, ta-ta for now. I'll, I'll say, it. stay safe out there tonight. I was waiting. Oh no, I wasn't. <laughs> stay I, safe I, I, out I, there tonight. I wanted you to do it, and I was going to go. Let's okay. do it together. Stay, stay safe, safe out, out there tonight. tonight. <laughs> again, again. Stay, stay safe, safe out, out there tonight. tonight. Same speed. Sam, your energy level's down here and I need it up here. Okay, ready? Ready? So <laughs> safe out there tonight. Stay, do it again. Look at me. Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. Coordination. This is Mario Party all over again. Stay safe out there tonight. Stay safe out there tonight. I like you, I like you laughing. Stay safe out there tonight. Stay safe out there tonight. Stay safe out there tonight. Faster. I can't. I got the giggles. <laughs> I'm still waiting. The audience are waiting. We're not, we're not finishing until we get it right. Oh no. Stay safe, safe out of the time. We got it. There you go. That's fine. Merry Christmas. To you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you over there. <laughs> Give love and cheer to everyone. <sighs> Stay safe out there tonight. <laughs> Stay safe out there tonight. Stay safe out there tonight. <laughs>